Welcome to the Unfiltered Farmwives podcast. I am Kelly McCormick. And joined by Carolyn Reed, Mrs. Grown Corn. So how has your week been, Kelly? Busy, 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 busy. Second full week of school for us. The garden's full on. And so Nick actually just asked me today, just today, he asked me, so what do you do with yourself all day now? <laughs> the kids are gone. <laughs> I didn't I, know how to take it, I to be sit honest. I around and read books and drink <laughs> wine all day. That's what I do. I just, I'm just lounging. That's, that's it. I tried not to be snippy back and I'm like, well, I canned tomato juice again today and I am now cleaning up the kitchen because I, as you know, like when you can anything, there's 900 parts to it and I would prefer to just leave them out if I'm using them tomorrow, but I have just found that with my family we function better if they don't see any. <laughs> they don't even know you can. No, <laughs> no, because these jars show up and they're like, where did these come from? Did she get these from the store? It's a mystery. <laughs> it is just like if the kitchen is a disaster and it just sets the mood for the night, like everybody's just a disaster, I think. So I was like, and right now I'm washing all of the dishes and putting them away, even though they'll pr- probably use them again tomorrow, you know, but I'm like, I need some counter space space you know he didn't mean it like he never criticizes in that way but I think he was just actually like what are you doing now with the kids are gone not all up in your business all day long and you're like everything I'm getting everything done all yeah. the things yeah. I wanted yeah. to check off yeah my yeah I run around in my undergarments all day just you know like it's freedom <laughs> exactly <laughs> We're just loosey-goosey over here running around. Are you jealous? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I felt like, so this entire summer, I felt like certain parts of my garden just were not producing the way I thought they should and stuff. And it literally, the day our kids went back to school, the tomatoes in my garden just exploded. Really? And I was like, this is perfect timing because now kids are back in school. I can focus on canning and salsa and all the things and getting all that put up. So I've been much the same way. Like, yes, the kids are back in school, but still every single day I'm I'm getting all the things done yeah. that I was supposed to get done six months ago, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I had a checklist this spring, and we're finally getting things checked off that list. My garden at this point is it's exploding, exploding, exploding. But to get to it, it is now like an expedition. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's there's no rows anymore. There's no, no. rows. No. <laughs> Nick's like, can I mow off any part of the garden? And I'm like, no, there's still some things that I need to get out of there. And he's like, really? And it, like a true expedition. I'm like, yes, I have a map. <laughs> Where everything I planted is at. Even though you maybe can't see the green pepper plants. They're I in know there. where they're at. <laughs> they're producing. <laughs> yes. I actually, so I mowed the yard last night and I've been mowing off like different sections of the garden that are grown up or whatever. And there's this one section of the garden and it looks terrible, but that's where all my watermelon and cantaloupe are. Yeah. I'm like, nope, we're just going to keep trekking through that. And I'm like, nope, there's a plant over here and one over here. And, and I'm the same way too. I have two or three pepper plants out there still. You can't see them, but I know where they're at. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> I know where they're at. These the only <laughs> reason I know where my tomatoes are is because they have cages around them. <laughs> 
I still, though, had to take, like, shrubbery shears, and instead of pulling weeds, I just cut them off with the shears to sort of make a path to get to the tomatoes in the very, very back. Hey, it works for me. We still have spaghetti sauce, tomato juice, etc. you know, so. I think, though, like, when you have a garden and you start out fresh at the beginning of the year, you're you're out there weeding all the time. You're oh, like, yeah. I'm going to keep these rows nice or whatever. And then August hits. Yes. September. And you're like, I just need to find the plants. I don't care that I have to tromp through 10,000 yeah. weeds. It's fine. And yeah. like, I haven't weeded my garden in three weeks and I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm done. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just going out there to get what I can off the vines and yep. then I'm done. I'm yep. getting right back up. I'm not asking anybody else to do it with me. It's my own mm-hmm. misery to go Same. through, the, you know, and so I'm doing it. But yeah, in March, I'm always like, I cannot wait to yes. get in the garden. Cannot wait. And then in August, I'm like, die. Just mm-hmm. die. Please die. That's where I'm like, <laughs> oops, I pulled a plant. I thought that oh, was Darn the luck. (laughs) Guess we won't have any cucumbers from that. I did that. um, I did that two weeks ago. I was like, I'm going to go out and weed the garden. And I started going and I got like halfway down a row and I was like, forget it we don't we don't need that many more tomatoes or or not tomatoes we don't need that we don't need any more cucumbers it's fine we've got plenty of cucumbers we're fine and I just start ripping things out of there so I actually I've ripped everything out of the garden except for I still have my tomato plants I have one cucumber plant that I'm very lazily watching (laughs) letting letting nature take its course yeah it's gonna die soon I will go out like once a week, pick all the peppers off a plant and then pull that plant. And I'm just like, I'm done. So I have very little left in my garden. I still want to, I haven't canned quite enough tomato juice, spaghetti sauce, stuff like that. So I'm going to keep my tomatoes as long as I can so I can get that stuff done. But everything else. They'll keep producing through the early October. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're good. And the my thing is I have not had a garden for several years. So I haven't canned for several years. And so... I'm to the point where I'm like, I'm going to can as long as I can and just really restock my shelves back up. Yeah. And then maybe next year, it'll be an easier year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I always feel like there's one year you go all in, all out. You're canning like mass quantities of everything. And then the next year you kind of take a little bit easier. That was, you still can, yeah. but you're not doing the crazy amount you had before. That's so the year of COVID. So two years ago, um, our garden was massive and we didn't have, there was nothing else to do. I put up 90 quarts of tomato juice that year. Oh and so then God. last year I didn't have to do any. I mean, mm-hmm. I still, when I was rearranging jars, I found two more jars of tomato juice in the very back of my shelf. And so, yeah, same thing this year I needed to restock up. So I'm not a hoarder by any means. I want to <laughs> clarify that. I, I'm very much a, just you get are. rid of it, simple simple I can't think of what the word is what do they call that minimalist minimalist you're a minimalist very much a minimalist I still have jars of sweet relish from 2013 oh my god and I'm like well they could still be good and I really don't want to get rid of them I canned more this year I don't I don't use that much sweet relish but I'm like yeah well we'll keep them maybe we'll need them maybe we won't so it's just, I am who I am. I'm really good at a lot of things, but I'm like, I can't throw food away. We're, we're, we're food hoarders as well. Mm-hmm. Like just making sure, yeah, just especially over the last couple of years. I yes. mean, meat especially. I mean, same. You never, oh my gosh, same. All those problems with the packing plants and everything a couple of years ago. And, and, and even today, like you go to the grocery store and, you know, chicken, limit of two. And so... Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I am, yeah. I used to not be that way, and then COVID happened, and I was like, nope, we're stuck right. in everything. Yes, you know? yes. Toilet paper is another one. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we don't even go through that much toilet paper, and I'm still like, nope, there's a couple things up there on the shelf just in case the world goes crazy again. I don't have a three-month supply. I'm going to freak out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, I was never like this, but nope, COVID, yeah. COVID did me in. Yeah, yeah. What was that? I'm in this uh, Facebook group called Rebel Canners, and all these people are like, oh, my husband was on a business trip, and he found lids for canning in, you know, whatever state and so he bought like 10 of them bring me home and I just kind of went I think I have like 40 or 50 boxes of lids (laughs) because anytime I was somewhere and there were lids I threw three or four boxes and it just accumulated at one point Walmart had them on clearance for like two bucks or something and I'm like well I'll take 10 of those you know and every single time I go into a store I check out their canning yes and I I can't remember where we went the other day. Maybe it was Rural King in Mattoon. And I, I got home and I was like, dang it, I meant to check out their canning section. And Tony's like, why are you short on stuff? And I was like, no, but but you never know. You just yeah. always want to, you know, oh, they've got extra jars. They've got extra, I'm going to throw those in just in case. Yeah. So, and I am so not like that about anything else in my entire life. Like I'm very, you know, you buy what you need, use it, whatever. But canning food i'm like yeah throw it in we'll store it it means you have the option should you need it yes it's it's insurance right in case i decide i'm gonna can 500 quarts of something one year i I can i can yeah yes (laughs) well if the power grid went down and we have all this beef and (laughs) pork in the freezer and we have to can it because we have no electricity for the freezers yeah 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 exactly we'll be setting up a Fire out front. <laughs> Smoking our own meat. Yeah. That's something I need to look into, actually. How do I do that? Uh, oh, so oh, I got a cough there. Sorry. Okay, so this week, have you been on Netflix and watched the Shania Twain documentary? No. So I started watching it, and then I had to stop it, and I made Nick start it with me again when he got home. I don't even know where to start with Shania. So... First of all, I have to say, Shania Twain, when you listen to the Unfiltered Farm Lives podcast, and you will, some point you will, I have to say that I'm really, really sorry for the hard time that I gave you when I was in high school, because I just really thought you were a bit too risque. <laughs> <laughs> she was so risque, though, for that generation. She was. She, she was. was. A groundbreaking mm-hmm. artist, honestly. Yes. yes. I have not watched the documentary yet, but... It's so good. I mean, she really talks about that. She talks about coming in and, you know, like they controlled every aspect of her music and everything. And so when she went to make her first video, she was like, aha, this is where I can have some creative impact. And, and it was, it was shocking. I'm like, she had the the stomach, you know, showing and everything. And so (laughs) in the Rankin family, we had like, you know, five TV channels and that's it. No cable. Every Friday night I went and babysat for a family as the parents went bowling. And so that was about the time CMT came out when I was in high school, junior high, high school, something like that. My mom started sending me to babysit on Friday nights with a VHS tape. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) 
<laughs> I knew it. And my whole job for the six hours that I was there was to tape CMT. And then I'd get home at like midnight, 1 a.m. Saturday morning, the Rankin family would get up and go to the living room and pop in the VHS tape and watch the videos. And <laughs> so that was... I think we gasped when Shania Twain first came on. That's hilarious. So my parents probably wanted to turn it off. <laughs> That's funny. So we same thing had like four or five channels, but they had what they called Friday night videos on. And I think it, I'm going to say ABC. I may be wrong, but it was all rock and roll. Okay. And so, like, at that time, it was, like, oh, I'm trying to think, like, Belle Biv DeVoe oh. and Boys to Men. Yes. And, and then, of course, they throw in, like, Poison and, you know, different ones like that. So, that was our Friday night. We watched the Friday night videos. And my mom and dad, too, we would record it. Yes. And then we could watch it back anytime <laughs> we wanted to. Yes. <laughs> And oh that was gosh. like like a huge deal for our family. We're like, it's it's Friday night videos, you know. And we watch them all live, and we're like, oh. <gasps> like I remember the first time I saw it was the the Humpty Dance. Oh the yeah, Humpty. Yeah, you know. And we were just like, all of us girls were like, <gasps> standing there with our jaw open, and we're like, this is the craziest thing we've ever seen. Yeah. And of course, we were recording it, and then we would just rewatch it the whole week long whenever we were able to watch TV. We were like, oh, pop in that video from the other weekend. Let's watch that. <laughs> I remember Erin Garman, my high school best friend, <clears throat> I can remember being at her house and when, do you remember the song In Vogue was the, the group and it was oh. never gonna get it, never yes. gonna get it. Yes. And we would go run into the TV and they had the silver and they were all dancing. Like that was one of our favorites. Yes. I feel like this is going to make, this is going to age me. I don't feel like they make music videos like they used to. Like, I don't know that I've seen a music video in how many years. So... Like years and years ago, whenever I had my kids and they were babies, we'd get up at two, three o'clock in the morning and I, I like, I turn on CMT and just have videos playing or whatever. Honestly, that was the last time I watched music videos and I'm sure they still make music videos, but you never see them. And I don't know if it was like something from my youth, like seeing the videos yeah. was so cool or whatever, but I just never see any of them now. Yeah, I don't even know if they make them. I'm not going to lie. I'm sure they do. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Like... Does MTV still do like videos? Does MTV still exist? I don't yeah. even know because we don't have cable. Well, we don't either. We just have Prime and Netflix and streaming services. To, well, we used to have cable, and I I know for a fact like CMT still did V. I think they still did videos, but like it was certain. Like I remember when we were younger, it was like all day long yes. MTV yes. and CMT. That's all they did was music yeah. videos, and now I think it's more like an hour or two here or there and now they have all these interview shows and talk shows and yeah. reality shows yeah. and all that crap so but now back to Shania I have to tell you this you'll appreciate this so I, I I'm gonna blame this on my older sister Karen she came up with this term <clears throat> shanasty like about <laughs> girls in high school who maybe showed a little bit too much or gave away a little bit too much too quickly in life or whatever and so <laughs> So we were like, she is so shanasty. Oh my gosh, poor Shania Twain. She didn't do anything but show her belly button. That's all she did. I know, and I've completely changed my point of view on her. Like, I think she's a great person nowadays, and I really like, I loved, I loved the documentary. If you haven't watched it, watch it. It was great. It was like reliving, you know, so much music from my childhood. But yeah, we would be like, she is shanasty. And so I was telling Nick about that one day, and he goes, 
oh, we had a term for that, girls like that too in high school. And I'm like, what was it? And he was like, popular. (laughs) Unfortunately. (laughs) That's funny. And so, yeah, and to this day, we'll be talking about someone. He'll be like, she was popular in high school. (laughs) I think it's funny, though, how, and I mean, like, here we are, however many years later. Yeah. Looking back, what she did, we're like, she didn't do anything. No. She showed her belly button, you know, whatever. But for that time period, that was so groundbreaking. And your reaction is exactly like you guys calling her shit-nasty or whatever. Mm -hmm. That was everybody's reaction. And she still, like, fought that, rose above that, and became, like... I, my opinion, pretty iconic. Yeah, for that time period. What the one album she was talking about was it Up or Come On Over? One of them was like the still the best selling female artist really album in the history of country music. Yeah, 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 yeah. She cracked <laughs> <laughs> me up. I'm sorry. The so, the sh- she is so nasty. <laughs> I had other names, but I'm not going to say them on this podcast. <laughs> I remember, though, too, that on that same note, just like when Nick and I got married and we were trying to figure out what we were going to dance to. Let's see. I think who was it that sang God Bless the Broken Road? Uh, Rascal Flatts. Okay. So we both liked that song. And Nick wanted that to be our first dance. And I put my foot down. I was like, there's no way. And he's like, why? And I'm like, there's that one phrase in the song that's like, I'm heading home to my lover or whatever. I'm like, I can't dance with that. Those words in that song. <laughs> such a prude (laughs) and he was like and then i'm sure like i'm sitting here trying to remember what we did even dance to i remember that we wouldn't dance to that because of those words but yeah that's hilarious (laughs) oh my gosh and the thing is though like this is what i always say you know like when a bride and groom pick a song or whatever they like really think about the words and the meaning and stuff like that guests don't really think about that no nobody would have even heard that phrase or thought anything of it if you guys had danced to that in my mind the entire reception hall would have gasped (laughs) they would be like lover no i know i know know. yeah but you know in hindsight i should we should have just gone with it but oh well tony and i we kind of he was very blasé about the whole entire wedding thing. He had a few requests, and that was it. He did not want to wear a tux. And so he, they just did, I think we did khakis and nice shirt, and I don't even think we did ties. And then he wanted tractors, toy tractors on the wedding cake. Yeah. So we had toy tractors on the wedding cake. But whenever we were discussing the song, he's like, I don't know, whatever you decide. So we did You Save Me by Kenny Chesney. Oh, that's a good one. And so, of course, like, for me and him there's like this great meaning you know but like i look back and i'm like does anybody like nobody else probably everyone was just like yeah get the dance over with so we can you know party and dance to the other stuff or whatever but yeah. i think it's funny how much thought you put into those things yes, yes. i i've been to a hundred weddings i can't tell you what any of their songs i know they dance to i know you know usually when they do their dance i'm like ah they're doing the dance i'm gonna go grab a drink or go to the bathroom <laughs> yeah yeah i do remember i did put a lot of thought into the dance for my dad and i because my dad and i don't have that precious like daddy's girl relationship it's very ornery and so I was like I just could not imagine like having some sappy you know butterfly kisses style song that's just not our relationship and so I was like 
what song like what 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 really makes me think of my dad and when we were growing up we had two irrigations that were called towables that you had to move from one pivot area to the next one one well to the next and we would always play on the on the speakers as loud as we could roger miller king of the road and so that's what we danced to and yeah i just every time i hear it i think of that you know doing moving irrigations with dad and so yeah that's what dad and i danced to so my dad over the road truck driver he was not home much and Not that we didn't have a good relationship by any means, but it was one of those where he was out on the road working to provide for his family, but we didn't have a, when he was home, we joked and teased and stuff, but I saw him four days out of a month, whatever it was, you know, and we danced to, it was a Tim McGraw song. It wasn't Butterfly Kisses because that's that Carlisle. There was a Tim McGraw song that had come out and it was about like dancing daddy's girl or whatever. And we danced to that. And years later I was like, man, I wish I hadn't picked that song. I really wish I had picked a different one because I like that was popular at the time. So I felt like I should do it. And I was like, but that didn't describe me and my dad's relationship, you know? And so I always like think back and I'm like, I wish I could have a do over because I would, I would redo that song. I'd redo this song. You know what I mean? Yeah. What was the first concert you ever went to? I can't wait to hear this. (laughs) I was 16 years old. And for my 16th birthday, my mom bought me tickets to see ACDC. Oh my gosh, you're so much cooler than me. I'm, I'm not even, I'm so, you're so cool. I can't believe that. ACDC? ACDC. So, so growing up, my mom, born 60s, 70s, she did all the rock and roll. That's all we listened to. And ACDC is her all-time favorite band in the entire world. And so she was like, what do you want to do for your 16th birthday? And she was like, ACDC's playing. And I was like, absolutely, that's what I do. So my very first concert I went to was with my mom and my dad to see ACDC. And I will never, ever forget one of the best concerts I've ever been to in my entire life. But you have Axel who like plays the guitar or whatever, literally on a wrecking ball, going out into the really? audience, coming at you. Oh my gosh. It was, it was just crazy. It was so, so much fun. And as a 16 year old girl, you're just like soaking it all in first concert you've ever been to. I mean, it was just, it was wild. It really was. And actually another funny story. My mom and my aunt are the ones who took me to the most concerts I've ever been to. Really? Yep. And every single concert I've ever been to with them is, it's rock and roll. So I've been to see ACDC with my mom. I've been to see Journey, Ted Nugent, Skid Row, Bob Dylan. And all of it was with my mom and her sister. <laughs> and they just oh my gosh. Like, I, here I am, 16, 17, 18. And they're like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm going to the state fair with my mom. And we're going to go see Ted Nugent, you know? <laughs> and it was a blast. I had so much fun. I absolutely loved it. So. <laughs> were we? when you told me that we were going to talk about we might talk about some music and or you sent me that message the other day and you're like oh what did you listen to and I was like we're the same person but this may be where we part ways (laughs) this this may be where we part ways so literally the very first country concert I ever went to I was in my 20s really yep and I've only ever been to two country concerts who were they the first one was I went and saw Brooks and Dunn and Montgomery Gentry Brooks and Dunn's good I've seen Mm -hmm. them they're Mm -hmm. very good and then the second one was right after I had Corey I went and saw Eric Church who was phenomenal oh yeah he did a good job but that's it 
Those are, wow. That's my whole country list. <laughs> the One of the, so I'm going to throw you even more for a loop. So one of the best concerts I went to in my entire life was when I was in high school, a group of my friends and I, we got tickets and we went with my English teacher because <laughs> she was awesome. And we went and saw Green Day, Blink-182, oh. and Jimmy Eat World. One of the most phenomenal that would be good. I've ever been to in my yeah. life. Like, I can just remember, because it was, um, I can't think, of, it's not track, but you're standing or whatever. And just the crowd, the environment, and it was just, you You got done at the end of each one. We were like, and we have more. Like, it was so, so much fun. Wild. Wow. But, yeah. My first concert was Tiffany at the Heart of Illinois Fair. <laughs> I knew you were going to say something like that. <laughs> it was a free concert. And I, we had to stand in line forever. And my older sister, Karen, wanted to bail. And I was like, I'm not moving from this line. I'm staying here till I see Tiffany sing running just as fast as I can. <laughs> and we did. And that concert was followed up shortly by New Kids on the Block in junior high. I would love they to were have great. Seen them. I they would, were great. We were obsessed with them growing up. Yeah. Oh my gosh, loved them yeah. so so much. Yeah, that was a good concert. I am jealous that you've seen them. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> that would be awesome. But otherwise, most of my concerts have been country. Reba several times. Garth several times. I saw Garth when he was just hitting the count or the fair circuit. I saw him at the Illinois State Fair with Trisha Yearwood as his opening act. Really? Yeah. Like his only two songs at the time were the dance and friends in low places. And she had one song on the radio. She's in love with the boy and that's it. But I still think that would be really cool to have been a part of that. It was. You know what I mean? It was. It was really. the excitement was building. Yeah. You knew. Yeah. This is going to be big. Yeah. Yeah. We went and saw, oh man, this is going to drive me crazy. I'm not going to be able to remember his name. It was, it was, oh crap. It was like Diamond Rio. There were three of them. Diamond Rio, Alan Jackson, and... He sang the song, I'll Think of Something. Oh, what is his name? But anyway, whoever sings the song, I'll Think of Something. We have people that are going to be screaming at the radios (laughs) right now. It's this person. I loved him so much, too. So anyway, I was in high school, and I'm at this concert with my sisters and my mom and my dad. And I must have been a junior or a senior because a couple of guys that I went to high school with were freshmen or sophomore at at ISU, which is where the concert was at. And they come over and talk to us, and the one guy's like, hey, singer of, I'll think of something, is coming over to our frat house afterwards. You're welcome to come if you want. And so I ask my mom and dad, and they're like, hell no. (laughs) They didn't want you to be a groupie. (laughs) And I was like, why? Like, totally just falling off the turnip track here, you know? (laughs) I was so mad the rest of the night. So mad. Not to mention the logistics of, like, I mean, we were an hour away from home. Like, they were going to sit around while their 17-year-old was at a fraternity house where a singer was at. Hello. Like, at 46, Kelly understands the wrongness of the whole situation. But at 17, I was mad. I wanted to go so badly. I was 17-year-old Kelly. Cease the day. I know. I I would probably be the parent that would be like, I'm going with you. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see this person too. (laughs) And then my kids would probably be like, nah, never mind. mind. I don't want to go. I hope that my kids are the type where like, heck yeah, Yeah. come on, let's go. But you never know. (laughs) But, oh, I would have totally been like, let's do it. Let's just try it out. 
but no like that don't happen very often no i know but you know it's fine i've lived i've i've gone on i've you know that's my cross to bear for the rest of my so life. the funny thing is like <clears throat> whenever i talk to people about like when they're like oh what kind of music do you listen to what kind of music do you like whatever i'm literally like all over the board oh me too all over the board so my very first concert was acdc but on the flip side i also saw george jones before he passed away <laughs> really yeah i have not i went to one of my friends at the time was going to college at isu and he was up there and so i went up there and we went and saw him because we were like well this is probably going to be one of the last concerts we need to take advantage of this and so we went now was it the most fun concert i've been to no because he literally sat on his stool and just sang and played his songs but yeah. at the same time that's what that era genre yeah. whatever you want to say of music artists did yeah. you know that's how they entertained they just played their songs yeah. so that's how george Strait was i got to see george Strait in concert <gasps> he's one i would have loved to and see. and he was very like came out sat on a stool sang for an hour there was no in between like he wasn't going to chit chat in between etc sang his music and but it was great it was great i was glad i got he's to see him one of my and i know he's the king yeah and everybody loves him but the one thing i love about him more than anything is whenever he filmed the muse the movie pure country and he was supposed they wanted him to kiss or whatever yeah. and he was married and he refused to do it because yeah. he wanted to stay true to his vows to his wife and i was like man that just res makes my respect for you go way up yes because here you have the pressure of hollywood and just do it it's not a big deal or whatever and you're like nope i'm gonna stay true to myself yeah. and whatever and like even if his songs had sucked i would have been like nope you're I'm on, number one uh, yes yes you're number one in my book did you ever see that christian movie fireproof with kurt cameron mm -hmm. that's his wife that he kisses at the end because he's the same way i won't mm -hmm. i won't kiss somebody else and so they did the lighting in a way and it's, it's actually his wife's back and he's kissing really? her i did not know yeah, that. yeah 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 no i just i've i don't know I have a little more respect for those, the ones that do that. I but. do too. I do too. But I agree with you. Like, I just love music. My my mom's side of the family, very, very musical. I mean, even like Broadway plays. You know, I grew up, my mom would have, you know, Jesus Christ Superstar, Hello Dolly, all of that. The records playing when we were growing up. And so my my grandma, this is a good one for you. I don't, I don't know if I've ever told you this story before, but my grandma did Summerstock Theater in Peoria. And she would take my sister Karen and my cousin Kyle and I to play the children's parts. Well, in Peoria, there was a mental insane asylum called mm -hmm. Zellers. And it's closed now, has been closed for decades. A couple of years before it closed, they built the patients a theater to do like plays and stuff. Yes. Shows and stuff like that. That's where the plays were at when we were growing up. Oh and my so goodness. <laughs> horror movie isn't it we had no idea really like oh my god we played on those we played all around the whole property because we weren't on stage all the time and there were other kids and so we, we you may not hear this i'm gasping right now like oh yeah, my god playing on the 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 abandoned mental insane asylum zellers nick's like these are things that I should have been told before we got married. He's like, why did I not get a warranty policy from your family? <laughs> but yeah, we did a showboat and I think carousel. And yeah, yeah. So that is 
It's a little creepy. I'm not going to lie. It's a little creepy. In hindsight, it was. But I was like six, seven, eight years old, and it wasn't creepy then. I don't know. Well, because nobody talked about it. It was probably No, I don't even know that we knew that that's what it was. I think they just told us it was an abandoned hospital, which technically it was. It was just what kind of hospital that makes it creepy. That's hilarious. (laughs) Hilarious and frightening all at the same time. Hilarious and frightening. Yeah, totally uh, true. So my family growing up, so my mom loves music. If you go into her house, just about any time, she has the stereo up and she's blaring some kind of music. But my mom is rock and roll Ellie. to her heart and soul. So like I always remember growing up, we would be on our way to town or whatever. And the local rock station, 106.7, the box. Um always played rock and roll and so we the game would be as we we're on our way to town they would play a song and she would see which one of us could guess who the artist was what the song was as fast as possible and so we're talking like like i said acdc guns and roses skid row def leopard um, pink floyd all of that but on the flip side she was also a child of the 60s and yeah. 70s so i also grew up with a ton of Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Gosh. Mamas and the Papas and stuff like that. Yeah. So that was all I listened to. And then as I got older, like whenever I developed my own taste for music, I guess you would say, I kind of went, I still love all the old rock, but I kind of gravitated towards like punk and stuff like that. And so honest to God, like I listened to some country, but I didn't really listen to that much country until I was in my 20s. Yeah, like, yeah. I, there was several songs by country people that I had no clue about until I hit my 20s. So My mom, she listened to a lot of, oh, the Mandrell sisters were big in our house growing up. Barbara Mandrell, Kenny Rogers, the Oak Ridge Boys, oh, yeah. Statler Brothers, you know, all mm-hmm. of those guys. But the 90s country boom happened when I was in seventh and eighth grade going into high school. And we showed cattle. And so, you know, that's really kind of where my sisters and I probably moved over into that genre. Mm-hmm. That's just what we were, you know, our friends showing cattle and during the summer and everything. But I mean, mom, my mom and dad didn't listen to a lot of heavy metal or the hard rock, but they, I know, like you mentioned the mamas and the papas, that 70s, 60s, 70s folk, you know, folk art, folk pop. I don't know what would you call it? You know, that, that end of things, we, they listened to a lot of I that. I call it hippie music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The funny thing is, so I grew up with all of that or whatever. So whenever I was in college, I actually took one of my electives was history of music. And one of your projects was you had to pick a song that just made you feel something. And so. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. You're, <laughs> you're going to die. So there this. everybody is doing all of these very popular songs. And I picked Summertime by Janis Joplin. Did you really? Yep. And everyone was like, well, why didn't you pick one of her more popular songs like Mercedes Benz or something? And I was like, because when I listen to Summertime, like I feel like I'm transported back to the 70s. I'm there at a concert and we're just jamming to the music. And I'll never forget it. Like after that class, I had like five people come up to me because I'm a very believe it or not, I'm a very quiet person. I'm, you know, once I get to know you, I will, you know, but I'm pretty quiet. And several people came up to me at the class and they're like, we had no idea. Like you like to jam that kind of stuff. And it like opened up this whole new group of people to me. And they were like, (laughs) we can't believe you picked that. Here we are picking, you know, like pop songs or whatever. And I was like, no, I went, I went Janis Joplin summertime where we're just, it's the guitar and her, her voice that was, 
scratchy but really good at the same time it just you felt it deep in your soul and that's what i loved about it i have to ask was it like the stoners in class they were like oh Janice maybe stop it. they're like she's with us <laughs> she is with us i will tell were you right you, now did they ask you to come play with the hacky sack in between classes <laughs> i didn't know how to do them actually oh, no. <laughs> I always tell everybody, though, that I tell Tony this all the time. I was like, if I had been born in the 60s and 70s, I assure you, I would have been at Woodstock. I I was was going to bring that up. I promise you. I was like, I would have been there front and center with all of them just jamming my heart out. Because to me, like, oh, I just, oh, no. Like... I need that. You and I've had this conversation, though. I'm a, I'm a bit hippie-ish. <laughs> I am. I would have been like, is that going to come out on an eight track later that I could listen to at home? <laughs> Not this girl, but yeah, it's. And the funny thing is, like, if you look at like my running playlist, what I run to or whatever, I'm literally like, I'll have Janis Joplin one second, and then I'm going to do Metallica, yeah. and then I'm going to do somebody contemporary like it's popular right now like macklemore yeah and then i'm gonna switch to <laughs> like a country artist and like it's so crazy and it's so when everyone's like oh what kind of music do you listen to i'm like literally everything. everything literally everything yeah if i listen to it and i like the beat and the lyrics it goes on my playlist yeah, yeah. one of the best concerts that i've ever went to was we were showing cattle at in houston texas and tanya tucker had a concert there and we went and that was just amazing being in texas and and yeah yeah she's and i've seen her since she was at a county fair not far from here i was gonna say i thought you went yeah and and it was fabulous i was a groupie after that yeah i'm like (laughs) if she comes within two hours i'm gonna be there eric church is one of those that like i went and saw him at the state fair gosh it would have been it was right after i had cora so 10 years ago and he really does a phenomenal job, like puts on a great concert. And I really like his songs. He's one I would actually really like to go see again. Chris Stapleton is another one I would oh, love yeah. to see. So funny thing, my I have family that lives in Virginia, and they remember him playing down there before he got big. Really? And, like my cousin's been to one of his concerts. And she was like, I, he, he played here and he wasn't, you know, she was like, I loved him, but it was way before he got big and stuff. So I saw a TikTok on him. Do you realize how many hit songs that he wrote for other people mm-hmm. before? I never knew that. It's like every single yes. artist has a number one from him. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because he, he kind of did that for a while before he made it himself yeah yeah okay worst concert i've ever been to oh my gosh so i was working for deer and i lived in the quad cities and one of my good friends was a girl by the name of Lindsay, and she was the territory rep in iowa city and the county fair there had wait for it drum roll kenny rogers coming with the opening act of crystal gale i'm like we're going don't you know? I can tell I from the look. Crystal Gale is. Uh, I know Kenny Rogers, obviously. Don't you make my brown eyes blue? Don't you make my brown eyes blue? No. Nope. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. My mom used to listen to it, so I was like, <laughs> "We're going." I know every single Kenny Rogers song. I'm so excited. It was the worst. He couldn't hit a note in the open air for anything. I wanted to cry for Kenny. I was like, Kenny, <laughs> who sings the song "Doctor Feelgood." One. Is that Skid Row? I think so. Okay. 
I've been seeing videos on TikTok of people who have been to their concerts and same thing, same thing. You cannot hit a no, yeah. like you can't even understand the words they're saying. And I'm like, oh, that like, on the one hand, I'm like, I'm so bummed for them because they, here they were, they were just this great thing and stuff like that. But at the same time, I'm like, dude, you're 70. Um, maybe, maybe it's time maybe. to hang it up, you know? Yeah. Cause, cause when I pay for a ticket and they're not cheap, I want to hear it. Like I hear yeah. it in my, on my Spotify right. or whatever. Right. I don't. I don't want that. So I actually looked up just this week, the the one that I'm like, man, if she came to Indy or St. Louis or whatever, I would go Jewel. Mm-hmm. I listened to, I, I was so into her music. So was like I. Like junior, senior in college oh going gosh. into like, you know, fresh graduate or whatever. And I follow her on TikTok and I knew she was raised in Alaska in a pretty mm-hmm. primitive situation. Have you ever seen the Alaska I've never watched okay. it. Mm-mm. So they ha- their dad has a show. And Tony and I watched that. And I think it was like the second season into it. And he's like, you do realize that's Jewel's yeah. dad. And I was like, what? Yes. And then I think there was a, one or two episodes, she actually comes home and visits. And it totally blew me away. So she's been in Alaska this last week visiting family. And she's got a ton of TikToks on there, like really? of them doing stuff. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's really, I, I'm like, yeah, I would really like to see her. Yeah. I think she can be a little hippie-ish of sorts a little too hippie-ish for me maybe maybe not enough for you so did you ever like and i'm trying to think now what the year was they tried to redo a woodstock yes it was a disaster it was an absolute disaster yeah. and she played at that did she yes because i watched the i can't remember what it's on hulu the documentary HBO Max, yeah. something like that but they have a documentary on it and she talks about how like you, she went out on stage and she was like, you could just feel from the crowd, this is a very volatile crowd. They're, yeah. they're ready to go. And so she played her music, which is very calming, relaxing, yeah. whatever. And she was like, after I got off stage, she was like, I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't do anything. I literally got on my bus and got out of there as fast as I could. Yeah. She was like, it was insane. People were throwing trash on the stage at me and... Yeah, that, that whole documentary, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I would love if they could do another Woodstock, like the original Woodstock. But it's one of those things that you'll never get that right. ever. And unfortunately, the artists they chose for that show were very like, like, I don't know if you know Limp Biscuit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he was there, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and their songs are very like, not violent, but they're like, Against authority, yeah. I guess is the way I want yeah. to word it. And so you have that competing with Jewel, and it it, it would just made for a terrible environment, terrible show. I mean, it just completely, totally catastrophe, total catastrophe. But one time I was, this was again when I worked for Deer. We were in Des Moines for what they call system schools, where you learned about all the equipment that that certain factory makes or whatever. And we were there for like two or three weeks, and so. One of my really good friends, she's like, hey, there's a free Smashing Pumpkins concert in Minneapolis. We should go up. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) And so back then, everything was way loosey-goosey versus probably how it is now. But anyway, the instructors are like, oh, if you decide to go, take one of the 12 passenger vans that we use to shuttle you guys back and forth, you know, between the hotels and the office, you know. And I'm like, well, we don't have anything anywhere to stay up there, like me being total rule follower. And so this one guy who we'd never met, who worked for Deer but was in class with us, he was like, he was from the Minneapolis branch. He's like, here's the keys to my apartment. Just stay at my apartment. And we're, so Vonda's like, okay. And you're and 
are and like, so, dang it. <laughs> I was trying to get out of yes, this. <laughs> this does not sound like a good idea at all, you guys, at all. But no, we did. It was me and Vonda and G- David Gordillo from the Monterey factory. We take the 12 passenger van from Des Moines, Iowa up to Minneapolis and go to the free Smashing Pumpkins concert and stay in Steve's apartment for free. On the way home, whoever was driving looks in a rearview mirror and there's this car behind us that's like swerving. And so I yell, hold on, because it's like barreling towards us. This white car runs into the 12 passenger van. These four guys get out. They are lit higher than a kite. So we all pull over. Like, they don't even know where they're at. We can't get anybody to stop and help us. I finally say to David, David, go hide in the van. Nobody is going to stop and help two girls with a guy with them. As soon as he gets in the van, like, the next car stops and says, do you girls need help? And we're like, yes. (laughs) So... By the time we leave, there's like 10 cop cars. These guys have been arrested. We have to go back to the Des Moines factory with a wrecked 12-passenger van. (laughs) So so how was the concert? Was the concert at least good? It was good. It was good. Not not my style of music, but yeah, it was good. It was fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Insane. So I'll never forget. We went to the state fair here in Illinois, and it was when I went to see Bob Dylan. And you, everybody knows who Bob Dylan is. So there we are. I'm with my mom and my aunt, just me. I can't and, believe you've seen Bob Dylan. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! It's amazing, amazing. Anyway, so he's singing his songs, and I'm like, yes. And here I am, all of I don't even know, fifteen, sixteen, maybe seventeen. And there's this guy and his wife next to us, and he wants to be my best friend. Oh. And I was just like, you know, but, and my mom is not one to shy away from anything. And she flat out looked at him, and she was like, leave her alone. You know, whatever. So, of course, they all start smoking pot and stuff like that. And he leans over, and he's like, hey, if you, if you, if you want to hit, your mom's not looking right now. And my mom turned around, and she goes, yes, I am. <laughs> And she like elbowed him out or whatever. And I was just like, on the one hand, I was like embarrassed because of course you're 17 and it's embarrassing. But on the other hand, I was like, go mom. Yeah. Yeah. You're like up here (laughs) knocking people out. But yeah, I'll never forget that for the moment. The other thing, whenever I saw Ted Nugent was, it was the craziest thing. So I, at that point I had been to several concerts and I think I was like 17 or 18 at that point. And like they have the state fair stage or whatever. And we always had track because my mom wanted to get as close to the stage as she possibly could. We're not sitting oh in the seat. Oh my gosh. We are getting right up there to the stage. So his entire like, I don't even know how, like decorations or backdrop. It's all guns. Like literally just guns set up everywhere. And then he comes out and he rolls out and he's cussing and going on about or whatever. And I was like, this is the craziest and coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. You that know? was Nugent? Yeah, Ted Nugent. Oh my oh, gosh. Because yeah. well, he's just totally. Have you, do you follow him on TikTok? I don't. I didn't know he had Oh my TikTok. gosh. Yes, he does. He does. And he's great. He tells stories. Mm-hmm. He was telling stories that a Steven Tyler from Aerosmith came up to. Is it Michigan? Is that where he? 
I okay, I think it's Michigan where he owns like 10,000 acres or whatever. So Steven Tyler comes up to go hunting with Ted Nugent. And this is like not too long ago. And he says that Steven Tyler just keeps on saying, this is great. This is great. How in the world did you even do this? How did you afford to get 10,000 acres? I, I could never do this. And Ted says to him, Steven, you could have, but you snorted it all up your nose. <laughs> it's... it's no, it's Kid Rock who lives in a trailer. Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. I was like, it's not Ted Nugent. Yes. yes. Kid Rock is the one who does yes. that. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's hilarious. But I think he okay. lives in Tennessee. Okay. Or maybe he's from Michigan, but I don't know. If Nick was here, he could tell us down oh, yeah. to the Nats ass where Because Ted... he just went to his concert recently, yes. right? And, yeah. and he said it's the best concert see, ever. and he's one I would love to yes. see. Yes. Tony is not a huge concert goer, and if he goes, he wants to see, like... George Jones and Don Williams. That's, yeah. That's his, that's what he wants to do. Where I'm like, let's go see Kid Rock. Let's go see, yeah. you know, Green Day, you know, whatever. Like, what? oh my gosh, one of my biggest things I want to do is, you're going to also think I'm crazy for this. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> this. This whole podcast is changing our entire relationship. <laughs> so two of my favorite bands is Flogging Molly and, oh gosh, now I can't think of their name. I've never even heard of Flogging Molly. It's an Irish band. Oh, well, that would be fun. Yes. So Flogging Molly and everyone out there is like, oh my gosh, I know which band she's talking about. I have to look it up. Sorry. So anyhow, my big dream is to dropkick Murphy's. Okay. Flogging Molly and dropkick Murphy's. My big dream is to go to Boston on St. Patty's yeah. Day and watch them live because they play there every single day live. And I was just like, like I run to their music, I love it, and I was like, I just love the the their accent, the bagpipes, I love all of it, and I'm like, I just want to go so bad. Yeah, that would like, be good. And I was like, Would you go with me, Tony? And he's like, I'll go. I love Boston. I'll go. I'll go with you to that one. <laughs> I love Boston. Yeah, he'll go with me. Is he going to have the most fun at the concert? No, no. he'd rather he'd rather see. Don Williams or George Jones, yeah. but he'll go. <laughs> yeah. I love Mumford, Mumford and Sons yes, and the Lumineers. Those mm-hmm. two, I, I love them. them. Love yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's hysterical. Yeah. Vlogging M- Molly. I'll have yeah. to look them up because I do love, I like bands with a little bit of an Irish tilt to it. Yeah. Right. And there are more what I would call a punk kind of Irish. Like it's yeah. very... It's just good. It's good running music. And unfortunately, like where I'm at at this stage in my life, a lot of the times I gauge a song like I'm like, can I run to that? Yeah. Is that going to keep me motivated while I'm running? Put that on the list, you know, or does that have lyrics that's going to drive me to keep running? And so I'll throw it on the list. And so, yeah, there's there's a lot of really random songs on my playlist, but I'm like, oh, it's got a really good beat yeah. or like the lyrics, like get me energized and going. Because that's honestly the only time I listen to music is when I yeah. run. Because like during the day, there's just so much chaos going on in my house. Like I can turn on music, but I can't really enjoy it. You are probably way too young to have ever watched the Mandrell Sisters Variety Show or the Donnie and Marie Osmond show on TV growing up. So, like, I've seen, like, things maybe on YouTube. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, like, live TV, I never watched any of that. So, like, one of our favorite things to do as a family, like, we always watch the Brady Bunch, you know. And, of course, that was the same time era and stuff like that. And so the kids will ask us different questions. And I'll be like, oh, that's when the Partridge family or whatever. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, Google it. It's on YouTube. You can see that. 
Those were, I, lo- I love the Partridge family. I can remember watching them after school, the Monkees, that TV show after school. Those were both on when I got off the bus. And so I can remember watching those. But yeah. And that's so funny to me because I do not feel like there is, like, there's like a year difference in our age in my mind. But there's not. But there's not. <laughs> and so when you talk about stuff like that, I'm like, no, that's not what I was watching. <laughs> or when you're like, oh, I love this song and I listened to it when I was in college and I was like, That was was junior high for me. You were like, I was in fourth grade. (laughs) No, not quite fourth grade, but I'm like, ah, junior high-ish, maybe. I am so young at heart, you just don't even realize how old I am. (laughs) And I'm an an old soul, so. an old (laughs) hippie. This is what makes us kindred spirits. Yes, old hippie. (laughs) She smells like patchouli, you guys. I still do this day. I would have made a great hippie. I really would Oh, have. I was a prepster through and through. Like, I, like, have always, like, I love an Argyle sweater. <laughs> <laughs> the only time I have even considered wearing one of those was when we were doing the, oh, it was the fundraiser for St. Jude where we did the golfing yes. thing. And, like, I was Googling and I was like, oh, maybe I'll wear oh. one of those. That could be fun, you know. And I think I did. I think I bought one. But that's hilarious. And the funny thing is, like, I very much... So, like, the music you listen to kind of makes you, I feel like, in a certain extent. So, I listen to rock and roll and hippie music and punk and all that stuff. But on the flip side, I was very much your straightly student. I was in band. I was in chess club. I was in business club. I got straight A's. If I got a B on my report card, I was devastated. (laughs) I think there's an Argyle sweater in your future. (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, I always tell Tony, I was like, I'm an, I'm, I'm like a, I'm a contradiction. You are. And I was like, because I had this, like, where I was being pulled this way, the punk, the crazy, the hippie or whatever. But like my inner nerd was like, no, we need to read books and we need to be on the chess club and we need to get straight A's and we need to do everything just so, you know, and like, so, and, and still to this day, I'm constantly being pulled in both directions. (laughs) And I'm like, I like both. I don't know which to choose. I want to do it all. Oh, I think I, I, I'm just like you. I like all music, different aspects of it. It Mm -hmm. just depends on the mood and the place I'm in. So my favorite thing in the entire world is on TikTok, there's a trend where like you break up with somebody or whatever and it, they you play the song, I drive alone past your street. Yeah, that's one of those, the Olivia Rodriguez or whatever okay. songs. Yes, yes. And I saw somebody do a TikTok the other day and they were like, in my era, it was like, I'm a bitch. Yes, <laughs> like, everybody's angry girl screaming yes. in their car. Yes. And I was like, that's the era I grew up in. We're like, oh, they broke up with me. Boom. We are mad and we're screaming this song at the top of our lungs everywhere we go. You know, and I was just like, is that generational or like, how do we get that to happen? Like, they're very, they're very nice and sympathetic. And we're like, no, screw you. We're done with you. I hate you. And I'm going to scream this song. Angry girl music. That's what I call I do. It. I do. Yeah. And I feel like every single Maybe I'm wrong, but like every single girl, like if you have not been at a time period in your life where you just want to play angry girl music in your car and scream at the top of your lungs, you're missing out. <laughs> you are. You're missing out. I agree. Out. <laughs> like with your friends in the car and you're just like windows are down and it's a summer night and it's like yes. 65 degrees, a cool breeze going through and you're just, you're just angry. Yeah. 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 One of my. Nick would say I'm still. <laughs> 
<laughs> Nick would say I still am I, that that mm-hmm. angry girl still comes out at times. Oh yeah. Well, well, I feel like we have rattled on for a very long time about music. We could probably keep going, honestly, and maybe we will on a later podcast. <laughs> but maybe we should wrap it up for the night. Now that everybody knows that I spent my summers in an insane asylum doing <laughs> Broadway musicals, this will probably be the final podcast. And Carolyn's a bit of a hippie, and yeah. she listens to some pretty crazy stuff. Yes. So. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, this is the night that our friendship ended. You're like, we're going to part ways here. I can't be friends with you anymore. Not at all. Not at all. So, but. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. And we'll see you for the next one. Yep. Hope to catch you on the next round. Bye-bye.